Welcome to the Black Minds Matter podcast. I'm Mac, core kicker, my man Rev, and this is a now production. So, Rev, what's going on with you, man? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good. I don't really want to do this chapter, if I'm being honest, but I'm feeling pretty good, man. How you doing? Man, I'm doing all right. I can't complain. And I, I know, y'all, that uh, last season, our final chapter was on our big brother, on Chef Rob. And, you know, it's not like we did this on purpose, but it's it's needed. So the end of this season, we're going to do it again on somebody who's left us too soon. Or I wouldn't even say too soon. Selfishly, it's too soon. But we know it's probably the best thing for We're going to talk about moms, you know what I'm saying, Miss Birdie Joanne Lewis. Uh, she left us in, in April, April 9th, 2021. And, man, it sucks. Let's just put it that way. Felt like we just lost a good one. Um, so, y'all, of course, I got my feelings on it, but this was not my blood mother. She she accepted me as one of her babies, but we're going to let one of Birdie's babies go ahead and uh, talk about this this angel that we lost. Go ahead, man. Yeah, man, um, this is hard because, uh, you know, that's my mom. Um, my mom is, hey, everybody know they got a mom, you know, and and like Max said, like I'm at peace with the fact that she's gone because my mom was sick. I'll get into it in a minute. Um, like he said, April 9th, 2021, um, she went home to be with the Lord. And man, it, that, that's hard. Like some things you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. You know, I don't care what you do to me. I would never wish that your mom would go because your mom is literally your first heartbeat of your life. Your mom gave you the breath that you breathe that your mom is everything. Um, your mom is your God before you know who God is. Um, so we're going to get into it. Um, if I start crying, it is what it is. It's my mother. She deserves every tear. She deserves every heartbreak, everything. Um, I credit her with being who I am, what I am, and how I am. Um, so my mother was born May 24th, 1952 in Alton, Illinois, um, to Aldonia, uh, Stevenson. Well, Aldonia Edwards, um, was, was her married name. Um, and, and to, to, to Freddie Edwards, my grandfather. Now I never knew my grandfather. He, he passed away before I was born. So it is what it is. Um, but, but my grandmother had 14 kids. That's right. I said it. 14 children. And my mother was number four of 14. She has three older brothers. I mean, I'm sorry, three older siblings, two older brothers and an older sister. And then she has 10 younger siblings. There were eight boys and six girls. And my grandmother called her girls her six pack. Um, so my mom was the second oldest girl. But since an early age, my mother was a mother. What I mean by that is she was a mother to her younger 10 siblings. Um, and my mom was, was, she's my mom, man. I, I don't like you, you guys get it. Just the word mom. Um, at 17 years old, she gave birth to my oldest brother, Lorenzo. And then the doctor told her that, uh, she couldn't have any more kids. And, you know, but in 1977 in December, she gave birth to my brother. Chef Rob, who we lost in 2016. A year and 11 months later, she gave birth to my sister. 
1979 to Libra. Um, a year and 11 months after that, she gave birth to me. And about three years after that, she gave birth to my little brother, uh, my big little brother. So the doctor told my mom at 17 years old, she would never have kids anymore. And, but that woman was so strong. She had four more coming, four more strong, strong kids coming. And, 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 you know, that's her legacy. Um, my mother was, was not for the faint of heart. <laughs> I put it that way. Um, you guys know how I'm on here and I'm not afraid to say anything. Like, I don't, like, I'll say it. It doesn't matter. I'm a birdie's baby. We all like that because she told us to speak our mind. And as a black person, it's important for us to speak our mind and not to duck under the pressure of a white world. Um, because she told me at the end of the day that my God, my family, and my community is what matters. You know, like, son, these white people ain't gonna like you no way. So you might as well go out there and do what you're supposed to do and do what God put on your heart. So um, she raised as best, we could, best she could. Um, making something out of nothing. Uh, we grew up very poor. Uh, my family doesn't like to talk about it, but I do because it just shows how great that she was, that she was able to raise five kids um, with not very much. So she raised us to be very strong people, independent, but family oriented. Um, when she passed away, she was a mother of 15. A grandmother of 15, I'm sorry, a grandmother of 15. Um, Big Brother Ren got eight. Chef Rob got six. The Queen got one. Me and Rodney, you know, I don't have any, don't plan on it. And, uh, you know, maybe God will bless uh, little bro and his wife with a child one day, if that's what their heart so desires. Um, and they call, the, the grandkids called my mother Big Mama because she liked that uh, movie Soul Food. And she liked how everybody called the grandmother on there Big Mama. So that's the, that's the, the name that she chose. And, um, you know, my mom, Max said she left us to tomb, man. She was 68 years old. That's young. You know, my mom had me when she was 29. I'm 40. Um, she died a month before her birthday, six weeks before her birthday. Here's what's sad. Man, she died a day before Lorenzo's birthday. His birthday is April 10th. He lost his mom the day before. That's tough, guys. That's hard. And yeah, my voice crackles a little bit, but that's my mom. So this is hard. So anyway, and she was, wasn't just a mother of us five. Like, like Max said, that's her son. He called her mom. She called him son. You know, so many other of Rob's family, of Rob's friends, of Taliba's friends, of Rodney's friends. My mom, is, my mom was, was, was just that loving, but she would also tell you what's up. And she would, you know, hey. Tell yes, you what she would. It is, man. So and tune you up if you needed it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wipe my tears and I'm gonna let Matt go for a minute. I'm gonna let him go. I'm gonna wipe my tears and, and I'll be back in a second. Yeah, man, I got you. I, um, so yeah, Birdie was, she was one of a kind, y'all. I mean, she was great. I came over there and, you know what I'm saying, a little, scrawny 11 year old kid just looking for something to snack on something to eat kick it with the family and she fed me like you know come on in here um at one point she did ask me if i was gonna start bringing some money in the house but she was joking and i was like all right well i see if she could joke with me like that she must love me. She, she she ain't mean that for real 
So, man, she, moms was just, I don't know how to explain it because it was just a presence. When, you, when you're sitting there talking to her, because there's oftentimes I would go over there and hang out with her and none of the other kids around, just her and Greg. And I'd have dinner and meals with them and just hang out, just be in their presence. And it's just something about being around her and just feeling the way that she would use God to explain things in the world and help me through situations. I mean, just her smile would light up a room. She, her laugh, I can still hear it. And yeah, man, goodness. And then looking at some of those things, she would, she's towards the end, she was coloring these books or whatever. And a lot of the stuff she would make was like, hey, that's pretty awesome. You know, I kind of want to get back to color. Here I am, you know, say 30 something. I got kids with coloring books and crayons. I'm like, well, let me go pick them up, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it was good just to be there and to enjoy meals and enjoy time and good times, sad times too. Cause you know, when I was over there with her, when, you know, after Rob passed and, and you know, after our, the rest of the family goes back to Alden, you know, they do that thing. You still get the phone calls, but I was able to go over there and just to spend some time with her just to, you know what I'm saying? We got to chop it up and just tell stories of them. And, uh, man. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you, bro. Cause you know, um, my mom taught us to be so independent that all of us, I mean, except Chef Rob and he was on his way. We all left. I moved to Texas. Taliba moved to Florida. Rodney moved to Florida. And we still talked to our mom every day. We use this app called Marco Polo. And we used to talk to her every day and I still got her videos. And I honestly can't watch them just cause it's so hard, but yeah, like my mom was, when I said your mother is like God, my mom was God to me. Um, she was my personal face of God. She, that's what God looks like to me. He looks like my mother. I'll explain. The greatest thing my mom ever did with me was gave me the knowledge of Jesus Christ, man. And she did it for all of us, all of her kids and her husband. Mm -hmm. And and I'll get the pops in a minute, but Mom was just so awesome with, with, like you said, how she used God. She wasn't overbearing with God, but she used God practically in your life to where like she knew I'm like a heady person, right? I'm not full of emotion. You know, I mean, I'm emotional right now, but I'm talking about my mother, but she used God in a practical way, you know, and, and let me know how much he loved me through how much she loved me, right? And her legacy of God lives on through me and, and all of her kids are saved and her husband is saved. And I'll talk about pop for a minute. My mom got on oxygen in 1999. I believe right before we graduated high school, maybe even right after. And essentially she was not her physical self anymore. She could not be her physical self. And my dad began to take care of her. And, you know, the doctor says she should have died seven times between the time she had her, her lung condition until, you know, she passed away. And I used to just praise pops and be like, man, thank you for taking care of moms. Like you, you know, you, you, you're not my, you're, you're my dad, but you're not my father. Like you didn't, you, you didn't make me, but I think you were made for me and I was made for you type deal. And, you know, one day he was like, son, you know, um, I know that you praising me for what I did for your mom, but it's really about what your mom did for me. He, he said that she saved him. Like he admits that she got him out of the gutter. He was on that bottle for years and she just stayed. She could have left him 17 times. They was married 34 years when, when 
um, she passed away. And dad was, dad's been alcohol free for 20 something of them. And he says that while we praise him for saving her, she saved him. Cause that's how dope my mom is. Mm-hmm. Like she, woman, she, man. yeah, she, she saved his life, you know? So he said he couldn't do nothing, but take care of her because how much she took care of him. And, you know, so moms, we'll go back to April 9th. So I'll explain a little, a little bit before April 9th. So let's go back to February 11th, 2021. My mom's at home and in, in Champaign and she falls and she's like on a walker because her, her lungs are just so bad that her body is weak. Because if you can't breathe, your, your, your blood doesn't flow in your body correctly. And she falls and she breaks her back. And my pops is there and get, get her to the hospital. And um, my mom never came out of the hospital. So she was in the hospital from February 11th to April 9th. And, you know, she had a bunch of different surgeries, not on her back, but her breathing was down and a, a lot of other things that I'm just going to leave alone just because I don't want to get in all to the medical things. That's my mom and that's her privacy. But my dad was there every day to the point where my mom was like, dude, you got to go home. Like, like you got to go home. You got to leave. You got to eat, you know? And, and she was getting, we would talk to her every day and she was getting worse. And I'm like, but God going to pull through and she's going to get better. And one day uncle Phil calls, um, he calls on April 7th and says, they gave your mom a week. And I was like, okay, good. The reason I said, okay, good was because one week before that she called me and she was like, Hey, and I was like, Hey mom. Um, it was actually Easter Sunday. I was like, Hey mom, um, you know, are you ready to come home? And she said, well, I'm ready to go home, but I'm ready to go home and be with my other son, which is my brother in heaven. Like my mom knew she was on her way out. So I was sort of preparing myself best I could. So that following Wednesday, when I got the call and they said, mom's had a week. I said, okay, that's fine. I'm going to be on the first. No, this was April 8th. I'm sorry. That's fine. I'm going to be on the first thing smoking. So I got a ticket, got to the airport, got on a flight at 6 a.m. I landed in Chicago at 8.30. I text my siblings, hey, I'm on my way to see mom. I'll be there in two hours. My sister calls and tells me that mom died while I was on the way to see her. That's crushing. And this is why it's crushing, because due to COVID, the last time I saw my mother was January 4, 2020, when I was at the funeral of my 12-year-old niece who died in a house fire on December 22, 2019. I go to Champaign, get to the funeral, hug my mom, say, hey, I'll see you soon. And I never saw my mom face to face, flesh to flesh, alive again. I was on my way. And she passed basically three hours before I got to her. She tried to hold on. But what we come to find out is she talked to my dad on the 9th of the 8th and she kissed him. And she basically told him to go home because it was over. She knew. And though we wanted to be around her, she was protecting us because she didn't want us to see her go from time into eternity. She wanted that time between her and the Lord to take her home. And, and while I know my mom is in a better place 
because her health was failing her. That body that she was caged in was failing her. She's better now because she is at home with the Lord and she's at peace. And it's sad. So I was tasked with speaking at my mom's funeral. Second hardest thing I've ever done in my life. First hardest thing then was speaking at Rob's funeral. Um, but that was my first go round. I've had plenty of experience since. It's, it's absurd, but I've had. So I, I begin to write on Sunday night. Her funeral will be on April 15th, one week later. Um, and I begin to write and I can't write anything. I can't because I'm mad. I'm pissed. I'm upset. And I'm mad at God because I asked God to allow my mom to live until her birthday. I started negotiating with God. I was like, God, I'm not married. Let my mom live until I find a wife and get married. Then I knew that wasn't gonna happen. I was like, okay, let her make it to uh, May 24th. And then that didn't work. And I was like, God, let her make it till I get home. And he didn't. And I was upset. And I went to men's group and Mac was there and Uncle Phil was there. And we did a group share. And I just opened up in that group and told everybody in that group how mad I was at God because he took my mother away from me. And the realness that I had with God that day actually allowed me to come to a peace about it because I realized that God didn't take her away from me. He brought her into him, into himself, to a, to a better place, a better peace. And he had to let me know that, hey, I got your mom. You love her enough. Let her come to me. I brought her to me. And I do believe she's up there with my brother, praising the Lord and, and looking down on me still. So I write, her, I write her speech and I came up with three words that describe my mother. Those words were mother, bird, and free. Mother, bird, and free. And I gave a, about a 17 minutes talk. They said I had two minutes. <laughs> about my mama. Okay. I gave 17 minutes just about how great of a woman my mother was as a mother, how she was as a bird, a free spirit, and how now she is free, free to go be with God and free to be with my uh, older brother, Rob. So man, it's tough. We have to give her a chapter. We have to give her an episode. How can I not? Yeah, we're pushing this off to the end. We started shooting these in July. And here it is December, and we're just now talking about it. Guys, therapy works. Go, you, you lose somebody, go. I go to call, talk to Courtney every two weeks. That's my therapist. Go, she helps me through it. I told her, I gotta tell you guys that losing your mother is like wearing a heavy coat at all times. Sometimes you forget it's there, but it's constantly weighing you down. And if you don't go to talk to somebody about it, it can bog you down into a depression, into a state that you'll never get out of. Black people, white people, don't matter who you are, go to therapy. If you lose somebody, go to therapy if you're going through something. We've lost a lot. It's been 15 to 18 people in my family that have died over the last four to five years. I can't, it's so many I've lost count. Go to therapy. Talk to somebody about it. It hurts. And you're not meant to carry all that pain and suffering in your heart. And I know I'm being long-winded here, but man, but this is my mom. I'm supposed to be, but I'm about done, man. Mac, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you have it, man. I, I'm through. I appreciate you guys letting me get out my feelings here, and giving an ode to that woman that I so much love, care for, and appreciate. Matt, go ahead. Well, man, um, 
people listening hope you can understand that this is not something we just put a time on. We can't put a limit on how long he was going to talk about his mother that he just lost. I mean, this this woman was still fresh, and even if it was healed, it still hurts. This woman gave him life. So I hope you can take this and then use it for your own life. Like go hug these people that you love. Go find some time to have a lunch or a dinner with the family members you keep saying, oh, we need to catch up. Go give them a phone call, text message. I don't care, just reach out. Because you know what I'm saying? They're here today and they can be gone tomorrow, for real, no doubt. And as I'm saying that, I got family members popping up in my head. Friends from school, I need to go just reach out to. So maybe you got those people too. So yes, this was long-winded. Yes, you have to understand this is a therapy session and maybe you need to have one too. So, you know, we don't, like we normally do, each one teach one, reach each other, take this among your friends and your family, talk about some of this stuff with each other and uh, maybe we can heal our own selves, our own hearts. So we're going to leave you with another chapter, another episode of the Black Minds Matter podcast. The last one is season two. Uh, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. We thank y'all for, um, <clears throat> man, just being with people. So season three is coming soon. Check for us. Pay attention. We're going to have some more interviews. We've got some people we want y'all to meet. Some people we, we want y'all to uh, get to know. As they impart things unto us, we're going to impart them to you. So this is another now production. We'll catch y'all later. We'll leave you with peace. Love. We out. What's up, everybody? This is Rev, and you just listened to another chapter of the Black Minds Matter podcast. If you like what we're doing over here, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Also, we would like to connect with you. If you have questions about today's episode or topics you would like to hear Mac and I discuss, please reach out to us via email at thenile.est1981 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at thenile.est1981. Holler at y'all later. Peace.